Mindset to Mike. Can you imagine what your life can be like? We're talking growth and development, tools, tips, tricks, habits and routines proven by the highest performers in the world of the mind and body. Success starts with the mindset, and you can do it too. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Mindset to Mike, the podcast. Jimmy Savikovich over here. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Drew over here. And, you know, we got some stuff to talk about. We do, bro. I did something major last year. Oh. And we need to talk about it, man. It was kind of a wild ride for me. And uh, I wanted to, like, took a while to get an episode on this because I wanted to get all my thoughts together so I could tell the story of what I did and then what I did after that. Uh, and then what I did after that, because it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild. It's kind of, uh, it was uncomfortable. It was aggressive. It was embarrassing. It was, there's all these different things in this story, man, of what I did. And uh, I want to share it on here, kind of talk through it, what I did, and uh, and get it all out there, man. Because I think there's some things you can learn from this. Because I was able to, in this whole thing, and I know I'm being very vague, but I'm going to get to it. In this whole thing, I got a chance to use a lot of stuff that we talk about. I got a chance to uh, really employ some of the tactics that we talk about on here. Um, and then go against some of them and realize there's kind of a time and a place to not use some of them, you know, and, uh, it all ties in in the grand scheme of things to my sales career, bro. Oh yeah. My sales career. So, um, I'm just going to walk you guys through kind of what I did last year, man. So from a high level, I, uh, I seeked out. Is that a word? Seeked out. I seeked out. Sooketh out. Sooketh. I sooketh. <laughs> I sooketh out a, a, a new opportunity at the place I work. Right. So um, currently, I I manage a bunch of uh, departments in our distribution center. I'm in operations, logistics, things like that. And um, and pretty good gig, dude. Been doing it a while. Been pretty successful at it. It's my comfort zone. Um, well, I left that to take an opportunity in sales for the same companies. Um, and, you know, if you know anything about sales, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Right. You know, my, my position in the operations distribution side is um, kind of more of an at, more of an like a, uh, you know, a nine to five, eight to five gig where they're every day, you know, putting out fires, helping develop people. And sales is very, 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 very different. So um, been in my role for a while in distribution and the reality, so people were shocked like when I said I was leaving because I put myself in a good position where it looks like I have a pretty good future with the, the company I'm at in that role, in that space, that side of the business. So making that move was like, a, I would tell you, was a shock to a lot of people including myself, man. It was kind of out of the blue. I've always said since I've been with my company that I would never do sales. Yeah. I've always been like, I'm not a sales guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people development guy. I'm a leadership guy. Um, so I've always said that. No way you could ever get me to sell. But what happened was 
I started getting a little complacent, right? I started getting a little, um, I felt a little stagnant, right? There's been a lot of changes and I started feeling like my ability to impact the business was kind of uh, not, not being capped, but it was being like, uh, I was losing my ability to, to go above and beyond and impact people and the business in a way that I, that I normally did. And um, in, in reality, I would, I'm skipping ahead, but that's bullshit. I just convinced myself of that. Um, and I kind of checked out, man. I got, I got lazy. I started just looking for other things to do um, that would, in my opinion at the time, fulfill me. And I, I, I lost sight of all the opportunity I did have, right? So I, I got really stagnant, complacent. I checked out. And within that, I, I started looking for other opportunities. And one of them that, that presented itself was in sales. And I'm like, being the dude who was always like, no way, I would never do that. I, I like convinced myself that it was, it was worth a shot, which I, would, I think it was worth a shot. Yeah, game. I would say so. Um, but I, I made it feel to myself like it was like the only like it made so much sense that it was my only option, right? Staying in my current spot wasn't an option. And then thinking through it, I took a long time thinking about it. I went on some shadow days, right? To understand what it was about. And I was like ranking my priorities when it came to work in my career. And when I was doing that, I put money number one when I was doing that exercise, right? Which I, I, I know better than that. Yeah. But I convinced myself that money was number one. And, you know, I, I told myself, I don't think I'm going to like it. I don't think I'm going to like sales, but the money will make up for not liking it. The money I'm going to make um, will, will make it, oh, make me feel okay about not liking my gig. And, um, and then, you know, I also told myself that I, in, in sales, I can, I control my future, right? Like I, my, my, the money I make, my production, my advancement is totally up to what I do because it's, you're self-driven. You're your own, your own yeah. business. Yeah. So because of those things, money's number one, money will, uh, will make up for the not liking it. And, and I've had the opportunity to control my future. That's something else I'll come back to. Those are the leading factors that made me go, you know what, I'm going to leave behind the nine years that I've that I've put in working in one direction on that side of the business. And I'm going to take this major, major risk and move over to sales. So I did it in late October, early November, took a position in sales. And uh, it was a little wild, bro. Yeah. Uh, I like how you laid out, um, you know, kind of your expectations or, or what the trade-offs were kind of as far as making the leap. Um so yeah, I was just curious to know like what your what your expectations were as far as you know justifying going over that way and, and how you felt that you were going to perform. Yeah, so I, I would also say that um, in speaking of in talking about taking a risk and jumping ship like that, um, I some of the things that we talk about that I used fear setting, right? I, I went what's absolute worst case scenario of this risk, right? And I. Um, I was able to, to really look at it and go, I have a year um, in, in sales where um, I can really get in, work hard, see if I like it. Um, and if I don't, 
what's the worst that can happen, right? I feel that in the worst that could happen is it doesn't work out. I suck at it. And um, I feel I've put myself in a position in my company that they'd be able to, or they'd be incentivized or they would, uh, they would be inclined to find something for me, right? Because I've shown my worth and my value in other parts of our business. So I felt like really, if it goes south, I'm not going to have to leave the company. Yeah, I still have a job. Yeah. And that no, nobody guaranteed that to me, but I just, I, I'm confident in what I've done thus far that I felt I'd be okay. So I did the fear setting exercise and that, that shook out. Okay. I'll be all right. Um, and then I, um, you know, I, I ranked the priorities and I ranked them wrong, but I put money number one. <laughs> um, and you know, the whole like increase the quality of life for my family and my kids and, uh, you know, two kids now, it's time, it's time to go this route where I can really quickly make a bunch of money. And uh, so I did that, you know, and then um, what's important to me, I, I decided was controlling my future and uh, not like being, a, you know, uh, being a victim to any kind of restructuring or changes that go on. You know, they always need people to sell, man, and everybody needs people to sell, which is yeah. very true. Yeah. So, I want to I want to I want to go back to that money thing because I lot I think a lot of people get hung up on that and um, you know whether you're the you're buying or selling or you're making money or giving money away money ultimately is not the 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 best motivator or it it's very temporary you know mm-hmm. and it can lead to a lot of I, I think unhappiness. Um, because you're putting yourself in position, the trade-off is is hardly ever worth it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It sounds like that's something that hit home with you because as you got into it, you found out like, you know, an extra ten grand is it really worth the um, the stress and the the uncomfortable situations and and just just not being excited to do whatever it is you yeah. are required to do. Like you know, um, so. I think people should need to analyze that as far as, you know, I would take something I enjoy for a little less money than something that I absolutely cannot stand doing for sure, you know, to, to, to have the financial gain. And then, yeah, maybe you have more money, but, but if you're not happy, you know, that's, it's not worth it. Yep. man, that's the cliche, you know, right. Happiness is number one. And, and I, um, you know, and look, so I guess, spoiler alert, I'm not in sales anymore, I guess. <laughs> but um, it with the money thing, when I put it number one, you know, it, looking back, it was obviously happiness should be number one, right? But, but I think money is, can be and should be a really powerful motivator. Mm-hmm. But you've got to remember that money has an exchange rate, right? Currency has an exchange rate and not just like in other countries but in your life and for the other pieces of your life, right? So I decided that the, the value of this extra, this extra money was, was enough that it would make up for the hit I would take in the happiness realm. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I decided that the value of this money is great enough that the hit I'm going to take on happiness, it'll make up for it. It'll pay for it. It'll exchange evenly for that. And it'll all be a wash. So not the case, man. You've got to understand that while you're working towards it and you should let it push you, 
that exchange rate is real and you need to understand what your personal exchange rate is for money when it comes to the other pieces of your life. And for me, it, it turned out that the value of that money was not nearly enough to make up for the hit I took in happiness. Yeah, it's, it's way easier to generate income with a level of happiness and passion opposed to settling on the personal front for in for for an income that you know if if you're always stressed out you know i don't that that money's not going to get you very far it may it may solve some problems immediately in the in the short term but but you're going to wear and tear yourself to where like you're not going to give a shit about anything else everything else outside of that money is going to start falling apart yeah, your bills might be taken care of and you don't have to worry about them anymore. But now you've got issues with your wife. You're not at home as <laughs> yeah. much. You're not seeing your friends. You're now you're separated. So all that money that you're making, now you got to pay child support and alimony. <laughs> so then are you really making any more money? <laughs> End up losing money. Dude. Yeah. So so that that's kind of why sales, right? So I went, I jumped ship. I did it. It was weird. It was... Um, making the jump was weird. It was bittersweet. You know, I've been in a leadership position where I, you know, I, I know that my passion is developing people and I've been directly able to do that for so long. And I convinced myself all these things and also that, you know, I'm a people guy. Um, so I'll be, I'll be able to impact people in a way that I give them a product that they need, right. I'll be able to help their business. And, um, which is a very sales mini way to look at it. Right. And, uh, and I convinced myself of that. I think you need to do if you're in that role. But so I went out and did it, dude, right? Jumped in. Um, I was doing it, right? I was giving it hell. I, I, I would tell you, in my opinion, I was doing good um, at it. I was cold calling. I was comfortable talking to people. Um, I didn't have like a fear of rejection at all. I was going in places, walking in doors, um, getting rejected hard too, dude. And, and <laughs> I, I was able to shake it off. You know, I had dudes like, I had a dude at this one place like swell up on me and like try to force me up out of the place. Flexing, bro. Yes, yeah, he flexed on me a little bit. But I didn't that that day. I didn't have my muscles out. You know oh, what I'm saying I had left them, them at up. home. Okay. Yeah, I had them. Well, I had tucked them that day inside my dress coat, uh, sport coat. So I didn't have them out. So he felt like he could intimidate me. But um, you know, I had people tell me get the fuck out of here. All those things, right? that happen if you're in sales and that's part of it. And I was taking those on the chin, kept moving. So that was fine. Um, and I was miserable though. Right. So I was doing it and I was miserable doing it. And you know, there's the piece where you go, well, you haven't, I, ultimately I only did it a month. Um, truth be told, it was actually a little less than a month because one of the weeks was Thanksgiving and we had two days off there. So, um, <laughs> But I, I, I was doing all the things I was supposed to be doing. I was doing okay at it. People liked me. Some people didn't. I was uh, making advancements in terms of uh, prospects and customers and potential customers. But every day that I was doing it, I was like dragging myself out of bed. I would get home and I was miserable. Um, and so I, I, I had to, after a couple of weeks, man, I, I, my, I'm very visible with my energy you know if i feel off you can tell I, yeah. it leaks out of me so people could see that something was going on you know my wife could clearly see that i wasn't happy and and at that point you find yourself going man so i've allocated I, in my in my fear setting exercise i know i've got a year 
to do this. And then in the worst case scenario is whatever it was. And the best case scenario is whatever it was. So when you start to look at it and you go, do I, do I continue doing this for a year, uh, hoping that I learn to enjoy it? Or do I pull the ripcord now, right? Before I spend more time miserable and then risk never enjoying it and getting to that end of the year. And I think this was, this was a play, this was the thing that took a lot of really deep, deep thinking and um, reflecting for me to make the decision because you can argue both ways. And I did, because I would tell you, you know, uh, before this, I was, would have told myself, well, you need to work a lot. You just need to keep working hard and it'll pay yeah. off because I believe that in a lot of situations. So I was struggling because I, as a coach and a leader and, a, and knowing what we know, doing this podcast and talking and studying the things we do, I know what I would tell myself. I know what I would tell someone else in that situation. And that was keep going. You've got a year. Go. Which was, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the advice that I had given you too. For sure. Um, I'd be curious to know, like, what was there one specific thing that was kind of a turning point that, that like, what, what was it that made you miserable? Yeah. So I, I had a, a really tough time at putting my finger on it at first, right? Like I would, I would have little wins throughout the day and the little wins, you know, I would talk to other guys on my team and other, other sales folks. And I would tell them about things that happened and they would go, Whoa, hell yeah, dude. Like that's a win. You're moving in the right direction. Hell yeah. And I wouldn't feel like that. I would feel like if that's a win, <laughs> like that's a win. What, you know, like I, I just, I, the dude kicked me out, but I was able to take his business card off the front desk on my way out. And they're like, that's a win prospect of the day. Now you can go back and hit him up. And I'm like, no, that's not a win, dude. That, that this guy wants nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and then like, so really I think what, um, what, when I was reflecting, um, you know, I did a lot of deep thinking, reflecting, you know, talking to people, journaling. I did a bunch of journaling about it. I had conversations with loved ones, mentors, different people. And um, on how I was feeling that way. And a lot of people told me the same thing that I would have told myself was you just need to keep at it and you haven't been doing it long enough. But when I sat back and I, I think what ultimately helped me realize that it wasn't for me was I, I was looking at the folks that are really, really good at it around me. And I, I was surrounded by like total badasses in, in sales. These guys did just kill it. And listening to their success stories and the things they had to do to achieve them. Um, and then also seeing, um, seeing how they felt about wins and, and cold calling. And, and like, you know, a couple of the guys I work with, they're the type of people, they're incredibly successful at it. And they're the type of people that, like they get high off of pulling a door, like and not knowing what's behind, right? You see a no soliciting sign on the door, they're like, that means I that means I gotta go in because nobody else is going in and they got <laughs> something they need to buy. So I'm going in there no matter what happens, right? Whereas I'm I am more like, no, I'll just call that person. They have no soliciting. I'll, I'll just call them and try that way. Like I don't like making people uncomfortable unless it's an uncomfortable conversation that's leading to them being better. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm delivering some really solid feedback to somebody that's uncomfortable and a hard message to give, I love that, but it's all in the, in the interest of making them better people and helping them. But so I was looking at these folks 
that are doing really good at it. And I'm like, man, I, I, I cannot see myself ever being the guy that wants to go pull that door. And, you know, these guys, these are guys that could sign a, a huge deal at 4.45 in the afternoon on a Friday. A huge deal that's going to make their year, make them a ton of money. Maybe they're able to go buy a boat because of it, right? And they're still going to pull the door next door that says no soliciting because they get high off that. It's yeah. like a drug to them to know what's behind it. And that is something I did not want any part of. You know, I wasn't afraid to do it, but I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. It was like, I know I have to go pull another door because that's what the successful guys do. So I'll do it. But I don't enjoy anything about it. I, I, I would feel almost like, like I'm not being myself at all um, by trying to like doing that because I just didn't. I mean, it was a deep feeling that I've, I've never had that feeling before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I don't know how to say this without sounding like um, cocky, but it's not how I mean it. But I've never, I've never got into something new or tried something that I wasn't able to get into, try real hard and be somewhat successful at. And, and this was the first time in my life where I was like, man, I'm like, I, and it's not that I'm doing bad, but I just feel like this is not me. And I, like, I, I might have to bail and I've never bailed from anything. So it, I had this weird feeling of like embarrassment, you know, for having to, if I'm going to bail, I'm, I'm embarrassed by it. So that kept me in it for a little bit longer than I normally would have. Cause I was just embarrassed. Right. But, um, this part about reflecting and talking to people and, and trying to make a decision on what I was going to do. Um, I, I think a good part here is, um, about your, your inner circle, right. And the people you care about. I think it's super important to have people in your life that not only people that you care about and you, and that you value their opinion, but their opinion holds weight. They're credible, right? Like you don't just, I don't just value someone's opinion, but, but they're like, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask you for career advice if your career is a disaster, you know? So it's important to have mentors and your and loved ones and people that have your best interest in mind, but also, are good decision makers themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They're self-aware. So I'm lucky enough to surround with my pe- myself with people like you and my wife and, and, and coworkers and mentors where they're self-aware enough to know that they're not going to give me some really mm-hmm. shitty advice. They're going to give me good advice. It might not be the best for me, but it's going to be good advice. Yeah, it's something not, to consider. Yes, and not that I have to take their advice, but people that ad- their advice means something and holds weight. So I, I would encourage you to look at your inner circle Look at the people you trust and you go to and you talk to about things and kind of think about like, should I even be talking to this person about this? Is the advice they're giving me, um, uh, is it valuable at all? And if not, I, I need to be talking to other people about this. And I don't need to make, make base my decisions off of their, this person's opinion. Yeah. So um, within that, you know, I, I talked to all these different people. I thought about it, thought about it. And ultimately I decided that I, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm never as successful as I get at sales. I'm never going to be the kind of guy that wants to pull that door at five o'clock after getting a huge deal that wants to hide under the steps of the, of the bank building downtown to wait for somebody to open the elevator. So I could sneak on and go up. Like these, these really successful guys, I, the work that they put in, I'm never going to do that and enjoy it. I just, yeah. I am to know that about myself. So 
Um, at that point, I was like, I got to go. I got to, I've got to pull the ripcord. And luckily for me, my old job was still open. They hadn't filled it yet. So I made the decision. I got to get out of here. And, um, I was, I was looking all over the place for work. What am I going to go do? What am I going to go do now? Um, and luckily my old spot was open. So I sat down and talked to some people and, um, they made it clear that I could have it if I wanted it. Then the failure, the embarrassment thing hit, right? I, I started feeling like, man, I need to go now and I need to have a conversation with my new boss and quit and then let him know him and my team and everybody who thinks I'm doing well and they're so excited to have me and they think so highly of me and they, they think my impact is going to be huge. I got to tell them all that it's not for me and I'm going back to my old job. Yeah, that's got to be tough, man. Oh, it was fucking a nightmare. And luckily, everybody that I had to have that conversation with, I, again, I, they're just really, really quality people. I can't say that enough. And they totally understood. You know, they're like, you got to do what's best for you. And we get it. We want you to stay, of course, but you got to do what's best for you. So, and, you know, um, I talked to a couple people about how I was feeling embarrassed, you know, and they, they all told me, you know, that, that it's not embarrassing at all. To do what's best for you is never embarrassing. Yeah. But you can't help but feel that way you know yeah, that's the thing it's it's is it the embarrassment your own embarrassment or are you embarrassed at what other people are going to think you know and that's where you you kind of just got to check the ego thing yep that that's what it was dude and i i see you, I, I i wasn't able to shake that feeling at going in to have the conversations but once i got through them you know i realized that there's no reason to be embarrassed but it's just that we're humans dude and it's when you put yourself out there and you take a big jump, the fall um, is humbling, dude. When you when you strive for something big and you shock people and and make a big change like that and it doesn't work out, um, it, it's it's humbling in a little bit because you go. The feeling is, and even though it's not true, the feeling is I I didn't couldn't cut it. But what it's I not, came, yeah, it's not that you couldn't. It's that you you weren't driven to. You you weren't motivated to. And I think that's another good quality of doing things like this and, and trying new things is, is it not only does it expose you to, you know, what else there is and other possibilities, but it, it can also really open your eyes to what really matters to you or what you really enjoy doing, which is the real value behind making tough decisions and trying new things. Yep. That's, that's, you know, so clearly I'm back. I took my old job. I'm back. And, you know, the, I, the three takeaways, and, and you just nailed the first one, is um, number one, the first takeaway I have and, and recommendation and advice is to jump. Go. Like, if you at all feel like it, something is worth trying, um, do it. Try it. You don't, don't live with that regret of not knowing because I'm so glad now that I, I thought I, I, I knew before going in sales wasn't for me. Now I really know. Yeah, right. So now I'm never going to, because, you know, people tell me all the time and have always told me you'd be really good at it. So it's always been this thing in the back of my head, like, man, what would my life look like if I went in that direction? But had I not tried it, I would always have this little bit of regret going, man, life is good now, but what could it have been? Now that I've tried it, I know it ain't for me. I'm yeah. good. Now my, my possibilities, my outlook, my goals, my planning, everything I'm looking forward to, I've, I've been able to hone that in a little bit 
because I eliminated this big piece of it. Now I know that that sales direction, that's gone. So now I'm hyper-focused on the things that I need to be hyper-focused on in the future, like leadership and development and mindset and all these things that I, I now know. I, I can get that fuzz, that, that distraction of another potential opportunity out of the way because I tried it. Now I can really focus and give everything I have to what I know I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, cause I wasn't really familiar with, you know, that, that market, which is totally different than the market that I'm in. So, you know, that just goes to show how many layers and different structures are part of sales. Right. Um, for me, you know, that hardly, there's hardly any cold calling and pulling doors and stuff like that. It's, we have established relationships with distribution. Yeah, we'll, we'll seek out new distributors, but the, but the level of sales that I am at, it's more it's more management, you know, as far as you know, educating, you know, people on the ground, which would be kind of you know where kind of where you were at was like, so it's a lot different, and I think that's the only reason why I really enjoy it because I, I get to kind of plan and you know, coach and educate, which is something that I really enjoy. And I don't look at sales as it's, it's a long-term game too. You know, it's, it's planting the seeds. You don't get to eat the fruit of the seeds the day you plant it, right. It has to grow. So it's, it's the little things that you do and it's persistence and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going into every situation trying to provide value to that person. And even if you're not specifically selling a product, everything that you do interacting with people is sales related. Mm-hmm. So even, even in a management role, you know, it's still sales because you have to sell them on your abilities and, and, you know, advice and, and, you know, stuff that you could put into place to help streamline things and make things more efficient and encourage other people. You're still selling something at the end of the day it's the different channels and, and, and what tier that you kind of fall into, I guess can get pretty complex. And, and that's where you just need to identify your personality and where you feel comfortable. Um, and I'm not the type of person that wants to, you know, go to random people and try and sell them something they don't give a shit about now. And, and, and you get those, you, you know, salesmen's kind of got a, a, a reputation, you know, everyone here's like, Oh, the snaky, used car salesman that is not like I, I do not operate like that at all i will come to you with a package that i feel that your operation or your company or whatever um i feel is valuable to you in order to increase your profitability or your whatever and if you don't like that okay here's my information um you know if something changes or you want to talk about something about something else I'm here to help you at the end of the day. That's all that that's the message I want to convey to everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. Okay. If you, if you don't want to take advantage of that, that's fine. And you know, things may change fucking six months down the road. You know, yeah. I'm happy with this product, but all of a sudden that person that reps that product no longer works there. So their service went to shit. And then they remember me coming in there saying, Hey, I want to help you. And then guess what? Six months ago, I walked in and got rejected. But now they're calling me because they know, you know, it's, it's, it's the impression that you leave on people. I think is the biggest thing in sales because people will always remember how you make them feel. Yeah. 
you know. Um, number two, my second takeaway is if you're at the beginning of this, I told you one of the reasons I made the jump was I felt like I wasn't in control of my future, um, which is uh, I found to be total bullshit. You are always in complete control of your future. No matter what it is. No matter what. So, you know, the new mindset is, you know, even if you have a boss that's, that's in your way or, or um, you know, you've got someone that kind of gives you instructions every day so you feel like maybe they're in control, not the truth. You're in total control because you're in control of your actions and your effort every single day. So what can, what can you do to control your career in your life and your future? Work hard as fuck. Go above and beyond. Learn. Do more than is, than is expected of you. Um, do everything you can and the, the fruit will bear itself, you know? Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're not in control. That's bullshit. You're in control by your actions and efforts. So if you just go super hard all the time, People have no choice but to notice you're the dude who goes super hard and your impact is so great that we have no choice but to help you with your future and help yeah. you get towards your goals. So you are in control. I'm in control no matter what. Yeah, dude, that, that's, that's a good point because especially in like um, in the corporate side or the operational side, there's, it's so process driven. Like you have a job description, right? Here are your here are your priorities. Here's what you need to do on a daily basis. And it's kind of repetitive and people just accept that, you know, like, but it doesn't have to be that way. How does anything ever improve unless someone comes up with a new idea? It's your job in any role to think outside of the box, just because you have this, this um, structure laid out and the paper that you signed in your job description says that these are your tasks does not mean that you are held to those when there's room for improvement in any given category of that, you know, job, you could always do different things, yep. you know, whether it's putting a, in a management role, maybe it makes more sense for this person to work over in this department because you see the values are more aligned with, you know, that area and you can make things more efficient and they may enjoy it more. So you're making them happier as well. And that opens up opportunity for someone to backfill that role. That's maybe looking to advance. You know, there's all these other different things that you can be looking at opposed to just the day to day, you know, operations. Yep. You're exactly right, man. So you are absolutely in control. And then the third thing was to check in, man, reduce distractions and check in. Don't get bored. Don't get place and if you feel yourself getting bored in your current role it's okay to look for another one right but i don't think you need to be looking for another one unless you're giving your current one everything you have you know and and even in in sales when i was doing it i was like man i need to make sure i'm i'm not out here just sitting in the car all day i'm going in places and trying or i'm not going to feel like i really uh gave it enough because i know i'm not giving it enough time right so i only did it for a month i know that's not enough time but while I'm out here, I better be going in every place. I better be going super hard while I'm out here so I can justify leaving. So I won't always have this piece of me that goes, man, I don't know. I didn't really try. Right. And so in your current role or in the role you're going to jump to, you have got to check in and go incredibly hard before you're ever going to know where you need to be and where's the right spot for you. So unless you're trying, unless you're, you are going above and beyond, you don't know that what you're doing is wrong for you. Yeah, the the last thing you should be doing if you're not happy is the same fucking thing every day. 
<laughs> right. Ask, yeah. ask your boss, you know, what more can I do? What, what areas can ask for feedback? Where can I improve? Where can I focus? What, what other things can I be doing to help the company or help myself grow and expand or whatever? There's always options. And every, not everything is, is within the lines that you think that, that are there. Those are just parameters that kind of guide the business in a, in, a, in a direction based on history, you know? But if you want to change and you want to open opportunity, then you have to do different shit. It's that simple. And so if your boss wants to give you that feedback, we will. For sure. <laughs> it's not dog well. We give you some feedback all day. Right. So that's, man, that's it, dog. In 2019, it was a wild one, had a new baby, and then I jumped ship. I quit my job, went to another job at my job in sales, quit that (laughs) job, went back to my old job. This guy is reckless, bro. It was wild, dude. It is funny running into people that like don't know, because I didn't like publicize that I came back, right? But I publicized Uh and I went. So people run into me and be like, yo, what happened? <laughs> like, dude, are you okay? If I were you, or like, no, you know, I just kind of, uh, I, actually, the way I've been saying it is, you know, I, I put in my time in sales, you know, my sales career. I refer to it as my sales career. You know, <laughs> spent a lifetime over there, even though it was like three and a half weeks. Um, but it all worked out in the end, man. I learned a ton of good stuff. Hopefully, through that story, you were able to relate it to your life or pick some pieces out that can help you in your journey, your career, your, uh, you know, entrepreneur journey, whatever the fuck you're doing. I hope you're able to pluck some gems out of what I just went through and relate it to your own life. Yeah. I like that. I think, uh, how else are you going to know who you are and what you are and what you like without experiencing other things, you know? Life's about experience, baby. You can be, you try something new, you may like it. You try something new, it may just validate what you don't like. That's right. And then you can make better decisions moving forward. So expand, do shit. Check like, in. I like do shit, but do well, that too if you need to. I well, yeah, you can. But I want to yeah. control that part of your life. But, um. That's it, man. Hopefully you took some from that. Get out there, try, go hard, work hard, bust that ass, take risks, and get weird with it, dog. So until you hear from us again, please go back and listen to the old episodes. <laughs> and then uh, other than that, also try to grow your brain in other ways, my friends. Just grow your freaking brains. That's it. Stay productive. Get shit done.